Welcome back once again to Imagine Akasha. My name is Tom Fry. Nancy, how are you? I'm doing well, Tom. How are you? I'm very well. Well, last uh, episode, we went across the pond and uh, talked to a very lovely young lady in England, and we're going back again across the pond. Uh, good day. How are you? How's everything over there in the UK? Very good, mate. How are you? Good. Introduce yourself. Good, good. My name is Elliot Harlan Bethel. Um, I'm from London, the UK, and I teach people in energies. You've got a great accent. I, I, I've, I mentioned to, to some people that I'm a voice actor, so I, can, I like to hone in on accents, and uh, you have a very cool accent. It's not a typical English accent. You've, uh, is it like a, from a certain area? Are you from a certain area where that ex- accent it's, is prominent? Well, I'm actually from Kent, but a lot of people think it's from Essex. Do you reckon you could do it yourself? Essex, can you do it yourself? I, I don't know. Not really, no. <laughs> is, is that anywhere near Cassowary? <laughs> is that near Westway? Cassowary. Uh, I'm not too sure. Yeah, no, <laughs> most people. Because he keeps making that up. <laughs> no, Cassowary is a wonderful place. <laughs> In your it imagination, sounds like a fairy, fairy tale place. Yeah. It is. It is a fairy tale place. Oh, uh, there you go. So, can you tell us about your adventure? Because it's been a long process for you, hasn't it, Elliot? Well, it's been 35 years now in total, but um, the last two years have kind of jump-started. I had a a very addictive personality when I was growing up and um, probably for about 20 years was addicted to cocaine and alcohol and pretty much anything you could be addicted to, women, food. Um, But it really made me sit down and and sort of go over my life and study what I've been doing. Wow, that's incredible. um, So how how long um, have you been sober now for? Probably about six months. Wow. (laughs) I do do drink every now and then. I gave up meat, I gave up fish. Um, cause what I found was I was addicted to thinking and not addicted to the drugs right. or the alcohol. So, um, a lot of people will resonate with this, that when they get into bed, they start thinking about their day and everything that went wrong. Um, and you just keep on going over it and over it where in effect, what you're doing is you're just sending out that vibration and bringing that vibration back to you. So I just, I started to meditate. I started to get into yoga. Um, and I started to see these really rapid changes in my life. Once I incorporated a few things like affirmations and learned about energies and the physical body, the emotional body, the mental body, things really started to shift and change for me. That's great. How do you guys know each other? We met on a, um, we a met retreat. On, nice. Yeah, it's an out-of-body experience treat. Cool. Did you get out of body that week? I didn't that week. Well, no, yeah, sorry, I did come out of body, but it was more of a lucid dream because I was out of body. I didn't see myself come out of body because mm-hmm. um, there was a guy in my room and I actually managed to pull him out of his body as well. Wow. That's cool. And Do you guys amazing, still keep in touch? Was, um, we, ha- we, we, we nearly met up and went on another one at the beginning of this year. Oh, that's um, cool. But I went and he didn't come. Oh. But the amazing thing was we woke up the next morning and in the actual um, ceremony the next morning, he stood up and said that I pulled him out of his body and I hadn't actually mentioned it to him. Oh, that's neat. Wow. Mm. I want to get to this right away because I saw that you wrote something about the astral plane being in a a war. Can you explain that to me? In a war? Yeah, you said something like Um, the astral plane is in a war. Maybe I'm reading that wrong in my brain. Yeah, no, I didn't. I I don't remember writing that. (laughs) I'll I'll start playing. (laughs) Not that kind of war. Um, I don't think that was actually me writing that. Oh. I might have channeled it and forgotten it, but <laughs> yeah, no, there are there are various different astral planes, and I actually went back on one of Todd Akamese's second courses in the French Pyrenees Mountains, where I did actually have my first out of body experience, where I, my energy body came out of my body, and I could turn around and see myself asleep. Were you doing this before um, you were, uh, you know, uh, sober or off of coke and you know partying hard? Were you were you able to do this stuff before, and you become clearer now that you're 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 not doing that anymore, and you're doing yoga and stuff, <clears> or has this always been a gift that you've had or um the funny thing was uh, when i started my awakening i knew that i could 
in my dreams, I was very lucid. I could control the dreams and I could fly. Um, and I went to a gathering called Gathering of Minds in London, where it's about 300 spiritual people. And there was this um, psychic lady on stage who's actually Todd's wife. And um, she was asking questions to the audience and I didn't get picked. And I walked up to her at the end of it. And before I even said anything to her, she said, um, you need to go and talk to my husband. And my question to her was, I, I can do astral projection and quantum jumping, but I want to find the difference between the two because it's quite a fine line. Um, and she turned around and said to me, before I'd even asked her a question, you need to speak to my husband because he does lectures in quantum jumping and astral projection. Wow. And um, I actually just stood there and... Uh, I won't. I won't repeat what I said, but um, yeah, you can bit, repeat it. Quite, it. Repeat it. You can swear on yeah, here. Yeah, no, is, I this is not. Just, this is, I, you okay, can say whatever I, you want to. I I literally straight away said to her face, "You can fuck off." How did you know that? <laughs> that, that can't even happen. Um, and then when I went and spoke to her husband, uh, it turns out he said to me, "You've been doing this your whole life without realizing." Lucy dreaming is a form of out of body experiences, and we just need to fine tune a few things and. And you'll know what you're doing. Oh, I'm so envious. So I'm yeah, so envious. that really opened me up to quite yeah. a lot, <clears throat> and the, the possibilities that there are. So, what are the difference between those two? You said you wanted to find out the difference. Did you find it out? And what are they? Yeah. So the difference um, for me is that you, when you're out of body, you can actually come out of your body and you feel yourself disconnect and you turn back and you can see yourself. Whereas a lucid dream is when you kind of miss that part and you're already, say, somewhere else in a, in a club or in uh, another country or in an office, but you haven't seen the disconnection process. Oh, I see. So you know that you're dreaming, but you can't disconnect and turn back and look at yourself. You're you, rather than being yes. a camera in the room, you're actually the cameras are your eyes, kind of. Yes. Yeah. Mm. And then, can you explain what the process you're doing now with the not eating, and the exercise, and the not drinking water? Yeah. So um, basically, when I was growing up, I was also very overweight. And when I was growing up as a teenager in the 90s, everybody was eating high-carbohydrate, low-fat diets, and everybody was in, in good shape. And then we come to current day and, uh, say, the early 2000s, and everyone was on the Atkins diet, and everyone's eating high-fat and low-carbohydrate, and yet everybody's in, in the same sort of good shape. And yet, scientifically, they're two opposing things. So I start thinking to myself, how can this be if they're two opposites? One should make you fat and one should make you thin. Um, surely it's just the power of your mind giving over your power to the food, and then you're eating it and believing it. And it's all in the mind that you're changing the body. So um, I decided to do a fast. And I did a fast for seven days with no food, no water, no contact with water. Because um, I'd heard of people doing it. But then some people say after three days with no water, you start to, your body starts to break down and you can, you can die. Yeah, and, um, that doesn't sound healthy. I, I thought this was absolute <laughs> rubbish. No, well, um, what happens is when you, when you get after about three or four days, your body, the fat cells in your body contain water. And when you breathe, it starts to break down the water in the fat cells. Um, and you use it, it's like a camel effect. So when a camel goes into the desert, it stores all of its water in its hump, and then it uses that when it's got no water to drink. So in effect, what you're left with, I've done six, seven-day hard dry fast now. Oh, my God. Um, what, you're, what you're left with at the end is sort of the healthiest and strongest version of yourself because your body will break down and utilize all of the weakest cells before any of the, the positive cells well, get broken down. How much weight have you lost doing this? Okay, so this thing, the first time I've done it, I lost a stone. Um, What's a stone? My weight is... Uh, a stone's about 14 pounds. Yeah, we, we don't use the stones <laughs> here. And the only thing we know about the stones from England is like, you know, I can't get no satisfaction. That's the only stones we know here. But go ahead. So you lost 14 pounds the first seven days you did it? Yeah. So um, the second time I did it, I decided that I was going to do it and go to the gym every day and lift heavy weights and put on weight. And I told myself I was going to put on three pounds and I managed to gain a pound. Wow. And that's no food, no water for seven days. 
What happens? So can I ask you what happens in your mind yeah, when you're doing really. this? Because seems like you'd start okay, to like, so, like like see things and like start to you know it seems like you'd start to or, hallucinate or something. Or like what happens when you really want to eat something? Um, if I'm honest, I, I didn't really feel it. I was getting up. So there's there's other energy exchange forms you can do. So for the first 22 minutes in the morning and the last 22 minutes in the evening when the sun goes up and sun goes down, there's no UV rays. So there's an ancient energy exchange art called sun gazing. So when you stare directly into the sun, um, you take energy from the sun and this also cleanses your pineal gland. Mm. Now, if you think about it, when you eat food, if you eat vegetables or meat, that energy in that food has really come from the sun. It's absorbed it and then you're eating a secondhand byproduct. So I thought to myself, why not just cut out the middleman and go straight to source? Mm-hmm. Um, Can't you go blind with staring at the sun? No, because there's no UV rays 22 minutes before and 22 minutes oh, after. You're not listening. Yeah, I get it now. I'm so, I was listening. So, yeah, no, that's cool. Um, so after that, you can actually build up your tolerance levels and you can do it for longer and longer. Um, so I'm at the point now I can probably even do it in the height of the day and nothing happens to my eyesight. Are you serious? But um, Yeah. And now you're teaching people. I saw that you have a group of people you were teaching this practice to. Yeah, so I've been, um, I took a few guys away for a week and we go and spend time in nature. Um, we get up every morning, we do 22 minutes sun gazing, some yoga, some meditation, some affirmations, and listening to certain sound frequencies because the Solfiaggio sound frequencies, um, there was a study done by a Japanese guy, and I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but um, basically he would play Solfiaggio frequencies to water and see the effect that it had on water. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you play like four, three, two megahertz, uh, any solfeggio frequency adds up to three, six, or nine. Which Nikola Tesla said, if you find the keys to the meanings behind three, six, and nine, you have the keys to the world. So when you play these frequencies to water, they create like angelic crystal patterns in them. But then if you change it to like four hundred forty megahertz, um, it creates like a slightly polluted, not that nice looking crystalline effect in it. The, the human body is seventy-two percent water, and I started thinking, how does these frequencies have an effect on the human body? Um, and they actually changed a lot of TV and radio frequencies in, I think it was like the 50s, from 432 megahertz to 440. And it throws the human body off, out of sync slightly. Mm-hmm. So if you if you actually listen to these frequencies, you'll feel slightly more calm listening to one than you would the other. Is that how so, they're programming um, us too in some ways? Like 5G and all that stuff? Um, do you know what? I, I tend not to give too much attention to it because if you give your energy, if you give your attention to something, you're giving your energy to it and then mm-hmm. you start to create it. Mm-hmm. So um, before I went into the whole sort of awakening thing, I used I was quite dark and looking into all this Illuminati stuff. And what you find is the more attention you give something like that, the more energy you give it, and then the more it creates itself in your world. You'll, you'll start seeing more signs about it. It'll pop up on your internet. It'll pop up on your radio. People in your life will start talking about it. But then as soon as you stop giving it your energy, it disappears out of your life. Mm-hmm. So if That's you think a great about metaphor things, for a lot of yeah. things. So when when you think about positive things or when you think about healthy things, they start to manifest in your life. And this happens with the human body as well, because cells in your body listen to what you're saying um, and they absorb what's around you. So one of the things I've been working on for the last six months is I wanted to get down to 13 stone and around 6% body fat. So if you if you say affirmations of this, your body starts to get, prepare itself for it. The cells start to get ready. Um, and I'm now down to 13 and a half stone and probably about 9% body fat. And I wow. reckon I'll be there within about two or three weeks. You're not, you're not a fatty anymore, in other words. That's right. So I don't you know, think you I was a fatty, fatty ever. But... Well, I was, I was going to ask about the water. You said that you st- stayed away from water when, during your fast. Does that mean like you didn't shower or brush your teeth or anything? No showering or no brushing your teeth as well. Um, I've done 14 days with no food or water, but bathing. Um, seven days without any contact with water. Well, that just seems like... Um... 
I mean, I, I, I see the point behind it, but like not brushing your teeth and not showering. I mean, it seems like you'd have to almost <laughs> like uh, go on a retreat someplace and uh, be with people or, or by yourself, you know, people who didn't care about you because yeah. you couldn't like function going to work like you're in sales, you know, and you smell and you have bad breath. <laughs> no, you wouldn't, you wouldn't want to do that. There's quite a lot of uh, mental preparation that goes into it as well. Oh, I bet. Um, I've, done it with a, I've done it with a 45-year-old and a 60-year-old, and um, to be honest, the 60-year-old absolutely smashed it and felt amazing at the end of it. Wow. Um, the 45-year-old was working on a building site and still managed to complete, complete it. So I was pretty amazed with that. That's very cool. Are you going to start uh, – aren't you mm. writing a book soon? Um, yes, yeah, so I'd, I'd, I'd like to write a book on, um, on, on fasting. Um, I think I'm going to call it hard, dry, and sometimes wet because um, <laughs> obviously <laughs> – um, so you've got hard, hard fasting in there, hard, dry fasting, and then there's wet fasting as well. What um, is the wet first fasting? fast I did, so that's with, with water and no food. But um, the first wet fast that I did, I um, so we've got seven days in the week and we've got seven main chakras in the energy wheel. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's the first fast that I did. I only drunk on a Monday. Um, juices were red and blessed my lower chakra, my red chakra, and then the following day, orange. So I was drinking juices each day and blessing the chakras. There's a doctor over in the States called Dr. Joe Dispenza. Mm-hmm. Um, and he does chakra meditations where he goes through your chakras and blesses them each. So I did this process, but also added in fruits and vegetable juices each day to correlate with the chakra that I was blessing mm-hmm. um, and after that even after that fast I felt absolutely amazing I mean my energy levels I don't actually do it for weight loss or anything like that now I do it for a stronger connection to source when you finish your uh, fasting do you I, I know you know people there's the only the only fasting that I've ever done is is where you have nothing but watermelon for 24 hours and uh, apparently okay. it's got the sugar in it and it's got the water in it so if you just have water you know it kind of you know cleanses you um, but as soon as we yes. finish uh, this fast or whatever you want to call it we you know have a really good like fresh salad with lots of you know fresh veggies in it what's the first thing you do when you finish your fast and you want to eat i mean are you so hungry that you're like you know you go out and get fish and chips or you go get a you know a beef burger i know they don't call them hamburgers that's, they call um, them beef burgers there right that's uh, amazing that you just said that because the first one i did i actually ate fish and chips and i felt terrible after it <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that was that, that was about six months ago when i was still eating fish wow but, um no the first thing the first thing to take is um i drink a lot of alkaline water so um for anyone that's listening doesn't know uh, anything on the scale of one to seven is acidic and then anything after seven to 14 is alkaline and it's been shown in studies that if you keep your body in an alkaline environment things like cancer can't exist or survive in an environment like that so um, the first thing i drink is an alkaline water with two tablespoons full of apple cider vinegar with the mother in um, some pink himalayan salt because pink himalayan salt's got 84 minerals there the 92 that are found in the human blood anyway um, and then a squeezed lemon that sounds like heartburn waiting to happen to me you don't get heartburn (laughs) having all that refreshing after seven days taking that drink actually causes an alkaline environment in the body and um, lemon juice also helps repair the liver as well so it's one of the only food substances on the planet um, helps regenerate the liver oh that's great i didn't know that especially if you've been used to do a lot of drinking you probably needed a little repair there (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, and no, I've been quite lucky. Up, up until the age of 30, your liver will naturally repair itself due to the growth hormone levels and testosterone levels, but um, it's, they start to slow down after then, so that's when you need a little bit of help. Yeah, lemon. I'll have to remember that. You better do lemon drop shooters, you know, those... <laughs> Joe, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I never thought of that. That would have saved me back in the day. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then what else are you doing? You're doing some other stuff, like the music. How do you get the songs that you've picked to go along with some of your meditations? 
it's really strange actually a, a lot of the songs i used to listen listen to um i went back over and what i was finding was when i was younger there was a certain period of my time when my sister had had cancer and um i was playing a lot of songs on repeat and um i've always been very clear audience which is when you can hear when you can hear answers to questions you want in songs or if you're sitting at a table you overhear part of someone's conversation and it gives you the answer to something you was thinking about mm-hmm. um, and i went back over the songs i used to play on repeat when my sister was ill and i was only about 10 or 13 at that time and I was actually getting the answers to the questions I wanted when I was that age, but I wasn't awake enough to hear them in the songs. Um, and I started going back over all the music I was listening to, and it was like the answers were always there for me, but I was never picking up on them. And then I started to do it with a lot of movies I used to watch. And movies like The Matrix and movies like Inception, they were like totally different movies for me. It was like when I was younger watching them, I didn't understand. I understood what was going on, and I knew that I liked the films. But then when I watched them again, it was almost like gateway was open and there was answers in the films for me hmm. does that make sense i think yeah. a lot of people experience this now that is very interesting i have a question mm. about the lucid dreaming um we've had several of our guests over the uh, course of the podcast talk about that and they all kind of told us different things some of them said the best way to do it is to you know get out of bed at four in the morning and you know switch rooms and go lay on a couch or something yes. like that and some people <laughs> just say they they wake up and um, they just remember what they were last dreaming about, and then they close their eyes and go back to sleep and go back to that same dream. What's your yes. uh, method? Um, that last one you said is pretty much every night if I'm not trying to lose dream, because I will, I will do it naturally anyway. Um, if I want to, to force an out-of-body experience, and I will get up and go and lay on the sofa, and then I will go through my body and tense certain muscles. What, um, what I find that really helps for me is if I go to the gym and do a very, very heavy weight session, um, especially if I train legs, because um, legs is the biggest muscle in the group, the glutes and stuff. I find that when the body's the energy body manages to fall out of the body easier when it's when it's under a little bit of stress, mm. or when the body's repairing itself. I find it a lot easier after heavy weight session to to do astral projection. This might just be me personally, but um, it's something I've found very very good over the years to do. Yeah. Now, what about um, when you're lucid dreaming? Um... Nancy and I have talked about how you're able to sometimes, you know, you could go and uh, learn a language or you could do something like that. When Since you've been doing this for so long and you seem to have pretty good control of it, are you, are you doing just things that are fun, like flying and going places and seeing places? Have you ever, ever tried to, like, learn a language or tried to, you know, meet people maybe that you've wanted to meet? Or uh, what, what do you find yourself doing mostly? Um, well, it's quite interesting. The first time I ever did it, it was a bit overwhelming. I remember just um, I remember seeing a bus stop and it was red and I was saying bus, bus stop blue and the bus stop went blue. And then then there was an attractive girl walking to me and I said, she's going to kiss me and she kissed me. And then um, I went to visit some dead relatives who gave me some answers to the stuff that I was um, searching for. Yeah, no, it's, um, I haven't actually tried to learn any language or anything. It's never popped into my head. But um, one of the things I did, I do feel, is in the Matrix films, when he goes into the machine and he's kind of got like a test area where he's learning how to fight and learning how to, say, fly a helicopter, I kind of had this vision that the astral realm is kind of like that. It's like a practice area for you to practice in so that you can try and bring it back into this dimension. That's Does that cool. make sense? Yes, that makes sense. Mm. Have, have you ever done anything that like may, might be like illegal but just said, you know, that you know that you're dreaming, so therefore I'm going to see what it's like to kill someone or jump off a bridge or, you know, just grab someone? Yeah, and... no, I've, um, I have jumped off buildings and I have um, I've, I regularly fly. Yeah, no, it's, it's got to the point where it was almost so real in my lucid dreams. I almost felt like I could jump off a building here. Obviously, I haven't tried it. Yeah, <laughs> please don't. <laughs> but um, it is almost, it feels like the veil between the two realms is getting a lot thinner. Wow. Um, 
I find I find that obviously astral projection is best to do, like you said, at three or four in the morning, and they say that the the veil between the two realms is is finest at that time. So that's why it's best. What to would do you, it at What that would you time. do if you realized this whole conversation was a lucid dream and you woke up? He said, "I swear to God, I just did this podcast." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you no, I'd definitely be I... straight on the phone to Nancy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what? I believe that this world probably is a dream. We're just kind of stuck in it yeah, a little the... more than others. Yeah, yeah. If you, I mean, if you look into the whole shamanic thing, um, they believe that this world is a dream. And yeah, no, it's, it's very interesting. There's so, it seems like there's so many possibilities. Um, one of the things I've seen is that people that are waiting to come into this world, everybody wanted to come in at this time. So there was a bit of a queue to get in because of all the awakenings that have happened. And we've kind of hit a Rubicon of people awakening where it's not going to go back now. And Can you yeah, explain it's, awakening it's very... in your terms? Because, you know, in my terms, it's probably okay. different. So I want the listeners yeah, yeah, to course. understand what awakening means <clears throat> from your perspective. So for me, um, one of the interesting things I did was I did my numerology probably about three years ago, um, which is Pythagoras' way of working out a blueprint for your life using your name and your time of birth and your date of birth. And when I did it, it pretty much blew me away. It said to me, you're going to have to learn how to control jealousy with partners, which was a big case in my life. You're going to have to learn to moderate. Um, when you hit the age of 35, you're going to step into your own power. Um, it was almost like I wish I'd have read it years before, but if I had have read it years before, maybe I wouldn't have understood it, like with the films and the, and the music. So what I find with Awakenings is for me is, is when if you've got any jealousy or anger or any life lessons you need to learn in this reincarnation, um, they all get brought to the surface and you get tested with them. And you get tested with them to the point they're going to keep coming back to you, keep coming back to you until you actually learn the lesson. So that's called shadow work. When you actually learn the lesson from it, you you, you evolve from it and you, you step forward. So it's like taking all your dirty washing and putting it into the, into the washing machine. And then it's like a purging of any lower vibrational frequencies or energies. You come out the strongest version of yourself or the purest version of yourself. And you're teaching people this. That's what I think is very cool. Yeah, how, so, can we, how can they get a hold of you? Um, I have a Facebook page called R666HA13. Wait, wait. Say, um, say that slowly. The behind that is R R six six H A thirteen. There's a long story behind it, but obviously a lot of people will assume that six 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 is to do with the devil. Um, my my old hair salon that I used to run was called Rehab, and I wanted it to look like Rehab. I had a number plate on my car which was R six 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 H A thirteen, and when I I had a big breakup with my ex fiance I lost everything, and this was when my awakening started. And the only thing I had left was my car. It was my pride and joy. And the engine blew up, and I was fighting to keep the car. Um, I was taking a certain car manufacturer to court over it because of um, how it had actually happened. And I, I looked up the, the spiritual meaning of the number 666, and it says to balance your possessions in the material world and the spiritual world. And I'd almost given up taking this car manufacturer to court. And in the end, I just said, you know what? They can have the car. Forget about it. I don't want the money. And then two days later, I got the money for the car. Because That's something cool. came out and they had so, to pay me for it. I just I just found it on Facebook. Just so uh, it's R six 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 H A thirteen. Right. Yes. Um, so, and then so also look, on Instagram, the thirteen looks like it's uh, a B. On, so I see the B, but is a six 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 supposed to be an E? Because you said you yeah, were like, well, it's kind of yeah. No, it's um. When I was growing up, I was always fascinated fascinated with the number six six six. It's also the number of protons, neutrons, and electrons. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of meanings that sometimes we're made to believe they're negative things, or sometimes we believe they're negative things when they're not necessarily. Right. I mean, a lot of people think the number thirteen's a negative number. Um, but if you look at the Last Supper, 
there was 12 disciples and Jesus, which is 13 people. Right. So it's all about it's all about perspective, whatever perspective you put on things. If you get out of bed in the morning and you hit your foot and you think, shit, it's going to be one of those days today, it will be one of those days. If you get out of your bed and you hit your foot and you think, that's the worst thing that can happen today, it's going to be a really good day from this point onwards, wow. you will have that sort of day. Wow. So yeah. change your perspective on things and that's that's how your life will be. That's great. I love that. That's a great analogy about you know stubbing your toe in the morning. Because mm -hmm. most people, mm -hmm. like you said, most people would sub their toe and say, great, this is going to be a real shitty day, you know, rather than saying, <laughs> you know, hey, I started out with that. It can only get better. It's going to be a great day. We've all been there. I love that. Do you want to tell it's us good. anything else? Is there anything else that you've been uh, working on? There's also, um, yeah, so the next thing I'm working on, which is quite interesting, is um, this Dr. Joe Dispenza from America. He done a um, study on people with hay fever, and he gave, he's always been into placebo effects. Um, he gave a third of the people the cure for their hay fever. He gave a third of them a placebo. Mm -hmm. And he actually gave a third of them something that antagonizes hay fever. Um, like a histamine, like gave... a histamine or something? Yeah. Um, so all the people that had the placebo and the cure weren't told what they had. And the people that had something that antagonized it and make it worse, they got told that they had the cure for it. And the majority of the people that had the thing that made it worse, they were told they had the cure. Their bodies created the chemical for the cure and they cured themselves. Wow. So now when with the fasting that I do, what I'm actually trying to do at the moment is I used to take a lot of creatines, amino acids and proteins. Um, I don't eat any meat or fish anymore. I'm practically vegan. So what I do is I go to the gym, I'll come home and I'll, I'll get the tins out with the creatine, the amino acids, and I'll tell my body that I'm taking them to create the chemical without actually taking them. That's cool. So it sounds very, very, very far-fetched, but I believe the food we eat, we get our energy because obviously it's taking it from the sun, but also if you look at ancient times or when people say grace before food, it's actually an energy exchange between you and your food. You're giving your energy to the food and then you're eating it back again. So what's to say we don't even need to... I, I've made a prediction by 2026, I think we'll only eat food for pleasure and that we'll have other energy exchange forms and we won't actually even need to eat. That's neat. That's, That's neat. I would like that. I probably need to yeah. do this fast. <laughs> I don't think it would work too well like yeah, well, in, in, in middle America, though, because people love their buffets. All you can eat. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I've had this vision, and this would be the, um, the ultimate goal for me, would be to able to send groups of people out to, say, South Africa, which is the most sun-abundant planet on the world, and we still have people starving out there. Um, and as I say, it's, it's, it's all about perception. So if somebody runs the five-minute mile, it opens everybody in the world because it's in the collective consciousness um once somebody actually does go without food and manages to exchange energy with the sun and the ground it opens it up for everyone and once you take a group of people over to south africa and they see this obviously it's the collective consciousness will will know and you could you could solve a lot of hunger problems wow yeah. so i think that would be amazing certainly would and i think you're yeah. on your way yeah no I, I feel like i'm getting there definitely um and i've got a lot of people around me now that are, believe it as well and we're all sort of helping each other and practicing it so fingers crossed eh? yeah fingers crossed i think I've, you're quite delightful elliot and i'm, I'm happy <laughs> we got you. to meet each other yeah definitely I'll have, to, I'll have to come out and see you guys at some point oh yeah you can stay with us or me awesome and and, and i yeah, yeah. And, and if i come through uh from in, through england here in the, in in the, the castle oh, yeah, yeah I have a, i'm going to castle to visit my favorite city <laughs> But we will, uh, I'll yeah, definitely yeah. get in touch and we can, you know, well, you don't, you, you drink, you'll say you'll drink a pint with me, right? Yeah, yeah, I'll, okay. I'll drink a pint with you. Okay, there you 100%. go. 100%. Just no fish uh, and chips you know what, I'm going to go, I'm going <laughs> to go and visit this castle in my astral rejection tonight. Oh, yeah. It's, you know, it's a bird. No, it's, shh, it's not a bird. <laughs> oh, okay. It's a bird. 
<laughs> he made it up and I didn't make it up. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, hey, it was great, great meeting you and great, great talking with you. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's connect. Add me up on Facebook. Add me up on Instagram, and I'll, I'll follow you back. Sounds great. Thank you very much, Elliot. I love you. Perfect. Bye bye. You too. Thank you. Take care. Cheers. Wow, that was interesting. I know he's quite delightful. I just, I'm just not sure about the whole like not eating thing. I mean, I just, it, your body, you know, needs. To that's have your some mind. Of- your mind is telling you that. And that's really what he was saying. That you know. Our minds are, are really developing this world for us. And if you can overcome that. But I don't know about not having water when our body is made up of he's, water. You know, I've watched his uh, his different, because he'll post each time he does a fast. And just looking at him, his he's becoming more vibrant. Oh, really? More, you can tell? You can tell. And he's got the six-pack now where he didn't have that in the beginning of his fastings. I think, you know, check it out. Check his his Facebook account out. Ask him a million questions. He'll answer you. Again, that is R666HA13. And uh, yeah, no, it's it's some very interesting stuff. I, I, you know, the idea of, of you know, using the sun and, uh, you know, using what you already have in your body and things like that. I mean, there's certainly the possibilities are endless, you know. Yeah. And if you have questions, hit them up. For sure. Um, you know, I started blogging again. If you guys want to check that out, imagineakasha.com. There's a magic blog on there. Let me know what you think. Send me some comments. Tell me who you'd like us to interview. Yeah, for um, sure. You know, we're looking for people all the time. That's right. Well, it's been fun. It's been fun. I, I love you too, Tom. Love you too. We'll I'm, talk to you next time. Love you guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.